Chad and Jay Mansbridge here, lead pastors of Bayside Church International, based here on the south coast of South Australia. Our great passion as a church is to help people to know Jesus and to demonstrate His love, truth and life in everything that we do. We hope you enjoy today's message. Well, it's good to be back. It's good to be back in church. We saw some of you last night and uh, it was just good to be together flowing prophetically. Uh, it's good to see a full house of worship. You know, it, it, last year being in Sydney, we, we had a really tough year. In fact, we've only been back like this for about four weeks now. So it's been a long, a long season of masks, no church, preaching to empty seats, preaching to a camera. And uh, all the adjustment that, that that was, you know, it was a test, it was a trial. And well done for coming through that, because, you know, you guys, we are at the other side. Come on. Well done. We came through it. Uh, some people in our church, I think they're more comfortable watching it on, in bed, you know. <laughs> I haven't seen some people for a year yet. I'm still waiting to see them. I hope they come back. But what was, yeah, it's lovely to be two back in, in, in your house, and we have been friends for two decades and plus a few years. And that is a, there's a great beauty in history. There's a great beauty in long-term friendships and long-term relationships. God's in that, the father of, you know, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. There's that sense of generational blessing and continuity. I think it's very important. And uh, so it's, it's an honor to be back in your house with your family and uh, with the church and hopefully with some new people that have never ever heard of us or heard our songs, it doesn't matter. What matters is that we are doing this together. We're in this together. And God sends apostles and prophets into churches to lay foundations, to, ex- to equip, to bless. And I want to say thank you to you guys for doing what you've done for 20 years. This is amazing. It's an amazing church. And uh, speaking as a spiritual father, I want to say you guys have done a great job. This is a healthy, vibrant thriving church in this community and it's full of integrity it's full of spirit it's full of life it's full of fun it's full of children it's 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 full of anything everything you'd want to have in a in a life-giving church in a community and there's so much to be commended and you won't say that for yourself so i need to say that as a father this is a great church it's a great church come on it's a great church I didn't realize how, how young uh, these guys are until we were chatting on the phone and uh, they were saying, Caleb's going to pick you up from the airport and Caleb's been on team a bit recently and this is what his job description is. And I said, oh, uh, Chad, like, like a man Friday. And he's like, man Friday? What's a man Friday? And I was oh my goodness, am I that old? And uh, so while we're talking on the phone, of course, he's Googling, what is a, what is a, what is a man Friday? That's how young they are. I see you guys are laughing because you know exactly what a Man Friday is. And uh, even, even Caleb didn't know what a Man Friday was, and he's too young to know that. But you'll, you'll understand, Caleb. Just stick around. And uh, Man Friday can do any, anything. <laughs> can do anything. <laughs> anything and everything. A couple of testimonies from this year. You know, when you, when you go into a trial, you want to come out the other side stronger better. You don't want to go through a trial and just be exhausted. <laughs> and then saying, what was that about? What was that about? What did that do? That, that accomplishes nothing. You want to go through a trial, through a test, and come out the other side shining, stronger, with gold, refined. But refining isn't fun. Trial isn't fun. Those things aren't fun. So in, in, in the moment, that, that's, that's when you're being tested, and, and the metal of the church, the metal of Christianity, the metal of our, of our allegiances ha- has been tested. And so what, you know, when we couldn't meet in person, we thought in July last year, let's start an online church. People are watching online. Let's, let's serve them by saying, you can join our church, if you, if you, wherever you live in the world. And so we, we, we created a, a structure, a digital structure to, to accomplish that. And many people joined from Melbourne, from uh, Bribey Island, from Kangaroo Island, from the, the north, the south, and overseas. All different time zones. People joined our church. We started life groups online. And uh, three of us run those life groups online. Some of them meeting people in Canada and North America and Cyprus and 
the Netherlands and all over Australia. So it's great. It's great fun. And it's amazing that in that space, because I wasn't familiar with Zoom, so you have to become familiar with Zoom and using Zoom and then playing worship in Zoom. There's a lot of challenges to overcome. And, but it's amazing that God is where two or three are gathered. He's there. Whether you're on Zoom, is he, is he used to joke, in my father's house, I'm in his Zooms. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and one of the highlights for me was though we have a, one of our members is, is mid-60s uh, living in Cyprus there's two of our Jubilee members who live in Cyprus uh, which is just near, near Greece it's in, it's in Europe, uh, Mediterranean and um, for a few weeks she'd been expressing some pain she was in constant pain she was due for an operation she had an accident when she was 15 a uh, critical accident, and was left with crippling pain for the last f- 50 years. 50 years of chronic pain. She couldn't walk more than 500 steps in a day. Now, if you've ever had a pedometer, you know that 500 steps doesn't get you very far. And, and you know, she ran a business with her husband, and so she was pretty much not able to function as a, as a, as a human for a long, long time. And so we prayed for a few times over the, over, over the Zoom, and then, uh, you know, I've had a lot of miracles in the area of backs over the years, extraordinary miracles. Legs have grown, cripples have walked, people have had amazing healings. And, and there's something, this one night just rose up and, and I said, we need to pray for you now. So I said, get your husband, he, husband not on the Zoom. And that's a bit awkward always when one, one, one member of the, the marriage is, is in the Zoom and the other's like in, in the background, kind of, <laughs> what are you doing to my wife, you know? So I said, look, I need someone to come and measure your wife's legs. And, and I, I called him the wrong name, which wasn't a great start. And it was just getting worse and worse, actually. And, and she wasn't getting better. And, and eventually he stormed out the room, which is, makes the whole thing very awkward because there's nowhere to go, really. And uh, he went up the stairs muttering back, you know, a few things. I won't repeat them. <laughs> and then I, I began to pray for her. And, and then I, I, I was speaking about how worthy she was. To receive a healing and all of a sudden she just broke into tears and started manifesting demons and then she got delivered over zoom it just took about three or four minutes and uh then i said now you can get healed and she got healed i said well how do you feel can you stand up can you do something touch your toes walk around and she was astonished she was like absolutely shocked and then obviously now that was a few months ago she is a hundred percent healed hundred she's working she's walking thousands thousands of steps a day <laughs> thousands of steps a day and then just a few months after that she we realized she hadn't been baptized in the holy spirit so we got her baptized in the in the holy spirit over zoom and started you know speaking in in, in tongues and and i just thought how good god is to to take something that was meant for evil take something that was meant to destroy lives and destroy the church and control the church and all the masks and all the stuff that came out on social media that how the enemy was having his way i'm like no god was always having his way you got to look for god in the trial you got to look for what god can do out of something that's testing that's that's difficult that's challenging and so my message, I've only got three scriptures for you this, this morning, and it's from uh, Ephesians chapter 6. I know we have it on the um, overhead as well. I'm reading from the NIV. Ephesians chapter 6. Very well-known passage. Most of you have been saved for a few months will know this verse. It says, finally, be strong in the Lord. Isn't it good that we can be strong in the Lord all our days? We never have to think, ah... I don't know, you know, we can be strong. If he says, if God says we can be strong, even if we don't feel strong, we can be strong. Because Paul said, even in my weaknesses, God's strength is made perfect. So we're not talking about the strength like, ah, that kind of strong. That's just a manly kind of manifestation kind of strength. It's like a kind of, it might be strong, but it might not be. Maybe you're just faking it. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. He has schemes. I'm not, I'm not going to go into that. Is he, we're going to share the microphone this morning. I've got 10 minutes left. For our struggle. I want, to say, I want you to say with me, for our struggle. For our struggle. And it just struck me as I was reading this, and I've read this, I don't know, <laughs> hundreds and hundreds of times, is that Paul didn't say, for my struggle. It wasn't a personal struggle. 
The enemy's scheme against us is not just against us, it's against the bride. It's against the church. It's to discredit, it's to discourage, it's to demean, it's to make us become cynical, hurt, angry, vengeful, bitter. That's the enemy's plan, to try and undermine, take away the beauty, take away the joy, take away the innocence, take away the, the loveliness that the bride is meant to be. And it's, it's an our struggle. It's not a my struggle. It's an our struggle. We're a company of people. We're a family of God. We're the body of Christ. We're connected to each other. When one person says they go through pain, the whole body hurts. When one person rejoices, the whole body rejoices. Isn't that, isn't that right? And you see, but you can isolate yourself in the struggle and think, this is my struggle. No one else is struggling like me. No one else would know what I'm going through. I'm going through this. I'm going through that. Nobody else would know. That's exactly what the enemy wants you to think like. Think like an individual. And then you'll struggle alone. And some people who struggle alone end up alone and end up just kind of separated from the body of Christ. And that's not a good struggle. Because the struggle that we want to do is the struggle that wins. Everything about Scripture is, is the Scripture of it's going to be difficult. You've got to walk through the valley of the shadow of death. But don't stop in the valley. Keep walking. Come on. You know, Walk through the valley. Walk through the darkness. Walk through the difficulties. And that's my word for you today, is that this isn't our struggle. It's not my struggle. I'm not isolated in a struggle. If, I, if, I'm, if I'm struggling with my mental health, and that has been a real struggle for many, many millions, not thousands, many millions of Australians have struggled with their mental health. Either they had issues before COVID, but during COVID and post-COVID, a lot of people struggling with mental health. It doesn't matter what field of work you're in, there's people struggling. Well, you were never meant to struggle alone. All you have to do is sit down with someone, a prayer counselor, a psychologist, someone who can just, be a neighbor, having a cup of tea, and say, you know what, I need to share something with you. Do you mind standing with me? And you know, rather than give, us, give people solutions and give them answers, sometimes people just want to be heard. How many times have I made that mistake as a husband? When is he like, blah, this is going on, this is going on. I'm like, babe, what you need to do you know, get up earlier or do this or do that. I'm like, she's like, shut up. I wasn't asking you for advice. I just wanted to be heard. So I've learned the best thing to do is, is to say, I can understand how you'd be feeling that way. I'm so sorry that you feel that way. No solutions, no psychology, no. Why? Because that, that, that burden shared is a burden halved. It's like something... That, that, it's in the open. It's in the light. The enemy wants to keep our secrets, our struggles in the darkness and make you think you're alone in your struggle. You aren't alone in your struggle. Even Jesus struggled in every way. He was tempted in every way. It was without sin. So I want to say that if you've been struggling with mental health, then share that with someone. Talk to someone about it. Get some help. Get some prayer. Share, have some love. Have some tea with someone. Become, get a prayer buddy that will join with you. If you're struggling with pornography, you, you struggle on your own at your peril. It's a dark, it's a dark thing, that, 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 that monster, gobbling up people's lives. Not just men, men and women. But once you share it, it's like, poof, it's in the open. It's, it's this thing, it's, just, it's only open. It's like when you open, switch on the, on the light in your kitchen. And there are a few things that live in the dark. Cockroaches, whatever. They come scurrying. Ah, I'm in, I've been exposed. Whoa, they're running away. Just turn on the light. The light exposes the darkness. The darkness disappears. There's no shame anymore. Isaiah 61, there'll be no more shame. No more shame. Say no more shame. And once you've exposed, once you've been vulnerable in that place of struggle, and you've shared your journey, you've shared your pain, you've shared your struggle, and, it's, and, and someone else is standing with you, you feel like, man, we can lick this thing. We can beat this thing. We can get on top of this thing. There's no way this thing's going to keep me down because I can, I can be an overcomer. But it's the our struggle. It's not my struggle. No longer is it my struggle. It's our struggle. What about financially? I'm struggling financially. Well, what you don't need to do is keep it to yourself. What you don't need to do is just think, I'm going to tough this through. I'm going to make it through. 
we had an investment property back in 2018, struggled to sell it, just didn't sell in the, in the time frame we hoped. Got through 2019, still paying a second mortgage. Uh, it wasn't rented out, so there was no income, just outgoings, outgoings. How many of you have more outgoings than incoming sometimes? Not a great feeling. We got to January last year, and as he said, we need a, you need to make some extra money. She said, you've got a great car. You, you don't get lost. Why don't you Uber? I'm like, I hadn't thought of that. So I got, it took three weeks. I got, did my paperwork, got, got my Uber license. I'm up at five in the morning, driving people around the eastern suburbs of Sydney, getting them to work, and then COVID, all that stress. And it was a struggle. Right through to 2020, two and a half thousand trips that I made to pay a second mortgage on a, on a house that we hoped would sell in 2018, and it didn't. We didn't do it alone. I did it with my wife. I did it with my staff in our church. I only worked, you know, three hours in the morning, back at church by nine every day, kept my, kept my full-time work going. But it was a struggle. But I wasn't alone. And in those early mornings when it was wet and I was delivering food to people in their bloody high-rise things, <laughs> I'm like, oh, God, this is so humbling. This is, this is a struggle. But the Lord said, you're going to come out of this with more. I'm like, it doesn't feel like it. This feels rubbish. This feels terrible. This doesn't feel like fun. It was a struggle, but my staff was standing with me. My wife was standing with me. We went together in January 29th this year. On our wedding anniversary, we sold the property for a profit. Come on. We made a profit. All the money, all the, the, the hardship of 2020, we, that we, money we put into the property, we got it back. All of it and then more. And now we can do things. We can pay for things. We can help our kids. We can do, you know, do all the things that we wanted to, wanted to do that we wouldn't have been able to do if we hadn't gone through a struggle. I'm like, God, why? Why? Why couldn't we just sell it in 2018? And he's like, well, then you wouldn't have got a pool. You wouldn't have got, <laughs> been able to build a tiny house with your kids. You know, all the things that we're able to do now that we wouldn't have done. And I don't know about the timing of God, but I know he's good. And I know he didn't put us through the struggle. God was not testing the church and thinking, let me just see how much the church can endure. Because we don't do that with our kids. We don't say, look, 30 more laps. No, make it 40. 100 push-ups. We don't do that. We, we, we allow our kids to go through tests, but not beyond what they can bear. Just that sometimes we think, God, you think I can bear more? <laughs> What are you seeing that I can't see? But God will not allow us to be tested beyond what we can bear. But we must not struggle alone. So whatever struggle you're going through, whatever struggle you're going through, the goal of that struggle is to make you more like Jesus. And I want to finish before Izzy comes up in Colossians 1 and 2. Colossians chapter 1. Only because when I've been reading Colossians for the last few weeks, every time I read it, I'm like, why does Paul use this word twice within two sentences? He says in verse 28 of chapter 1, we proclaim him, that's Jesus, admonishing and teaching everyone with all wisdom, so that we may present everyone perfect in Christ. Say present everyone. Per perfect in Christ. So the goal is that everyone, that's us, are presented perfect in Christ. Now to that end, as we mature, as we become perfect, we know that to become mature, we're going to have to endure some tests. And some trials, and some disappointments, and some difficulties, and some misunderstandings. Anyone be misunderstood before? And some interpersonal conflict. If it hasn't happened yet, it can be arranged. <laughs> but it happens. It happens in church life, it happens in family life, it happens with cousins, and fathers, and mothers, and sisters, and, and, and marriages. It happens. But the goal is to resolve it so we can become more like Jesus. We're the body of Christ. He's the head. We're the body. We want to look and live, taste and see and speak and love like Jesus. That's the goal. And so, but Paul was, he says, to this end, everyone perfect in Christ, to this end I labor, struggling with all his energy, which so powerfully works in me. He noticed how he's not saying, how are you doing? Struggling. It wasn't that kind of struggling. It was like, I'm struggling with this powerful energy that's working in, in, inside of me. That's how I'm struggling. I'm not struggling like, 
Ah, oh, man, life is hard. It's tough. I'm an Aussie battler. I'm just getting through. No. I'm struggling with, it, with a goal to become like Christ. I'm coming out the other side with more. I want you to know, verse 1 of chapter 2, how much I'm struggling. I think the, the, the new NIV uses the word contending. Same word. How much I'm struggling, contending for you and for those at Laodicea and for all who have not met me personally. My purpose is that they may be encouraged in heart and united in love so that they may have the full riches of complete understanding in order that they may know the mystery of God. Isn't that, isn't that a paradox to you? They may know the mystery. It's like marriage. It's a mystery. Paul said it's a mystery. The mystery of Christ and the church is a mystery. I'm like, I get that. 37 years, these things that are a mystery. Things I understand, things I thought I understood that I haven't yet fully understood. But you know, I pursue the mystery. I'm pursuing knowing God. I got to know God a little bit more this morning through the testimonies, through the prophetic presence of God. I got to know Christ a bit more through being with you because I'm in the body. I'm not learning outside the body. I'm learning within the body. And I'm richer for it. And you're richer for it. I'm learning here with you. He says this, encouraged uh, the full riches of complete understanding and know the mystery of God, namely Christ, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. So I want to encourage you as Izzy comes up to stay in the struggle but don't stay in it alone. Have people in your life, in your world, friends, neighbors that are with you, that are in the journey, that are not condemning you because Romans 8 says there, there is therefore now no condemnation for those in Christ Jesus. Come on. And I want to encourage you because it's Victor Harbour and, and there is a, quite a high proportion of people who are my age and older, 60 and going on, that you don't ever think that you're kind of now on the bench, but actually, in Christ, your life's just beginning. The more time you have, the more energy you have. There's, this morning in the prophetic worship, there was a lot of emphasis about the harvest and about evangelism. We have an army here this morning, an army of lovers, an army of people in cafes, in uh, traveling, camping, loving. Any, any time that you have to be able to friendship evangelize people, don't ever think of yourself on the bench. Just because your gift isn't operating on a Sunday service, don't think you haven't got a gift. Don't think your contribution to the church and to the kingdom of heaven is not vital. Your most vital organs are not visible. And I don't want to see them, thank you. The things that, we, that, we, that, that are so vital for our living... We can't see them. We see our face. We see you know, our, our exterior. But don't, don't glorify the gifts that are visible. Be, a, be an invisible gift, making a difference in society. Praying, loving, coffee shops, gardening, whatever you get out there in the community, reach out and bring new people to Jesus. Tell them your story. You don't have to, you don't have to preach the gospel at them. Bring your story to them, what God's done in your life. It means the world to people who are struggling far more than we are. Come on. Let's welcome Iz as she comes up. Thank you so much. <clears throat> Tag team. This is the baton. Thank you. Awesome. All right. Um, so, our struggle is not against flesh and blood. Our struggle is not against flesh and blood. I did a little research on flesh and blood. And in John 6, I wonder if we could go there, where it speaks about, um, Jesus actually talks a lot about flesh and blood. Can we read that together? John 6 and verse, let's start from verse 53. Actually, let's, let's not. Let's start from verse 48. I wonder if we can read this together. Jesus is talking, and he's, a, he's surrounded by people. He says, I am the bread of life. Your ancestors ate manna in the wilderness, yet they all died. But here is the bread that comes down from heaven, which anyone may eat and not die. I am the living bread that comes down from heaven. Whoever eats this bread will live forever. 
This bread is my flesh, which I will give for the life of the world. Then the Jews began to argue sharply amongst themselves, how can this man give us his flesh to eat? And it's like, this is like the weirdest analogy. And Jesus knows exactly what's going on, and he continues. He said to them, very truly I'll tell you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood. So now he takes it a step further. You thought eating flesh was bad? Try this one. Drink my blood. This is freaking people out. He says, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. So these guys are thinking, well, then there's no life in us. That's what he's saying. There'll be no life in us. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life. And I will raise them up at the last day. You can just hear the ping pong balls of antagonism bouncing around the, you know, the religious minds because they're just thinking this is so offensive and so weird. For my flesh, he carries on. I want you to count how many times he says flesh and blood, like a lot, okay? Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life and I will raise them up at the last day. For my flesh is real food and my blood is real drink. Sorry, are you getting where I'm going? People are going like, if it isn't bad enough, he just sort of threw out a weird concept. He's really rubbing it in their faces. My flesh is real food, yummy. And my blood, real drink. Whoever, now he carries on. Oh my gosh, can you see? This is very important. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood remains in me and I in them. Just as the living Father sent me and I live because of the Father, so the one who feeds on me will live because of me. This is the bread that came down from heaven. Your ancestors ate and died, but whoever feeds on this bread will live forever. And his disciples were like, crikey, Jesus. Like, I mean, you've put out some tough stuff, but this kind of, t- that, takes, that takes first prize. And it says that many, many left him. Many disciples walked away, and he turns to the 12, capital T, and says, are you guys also going to leave me? And they said, we can't. And the reason for that is you have the words of eternal life. What does that mean? That there is something in you that when you speak, manifests life, and we know it. And because we know it, we don't need to understand it. Now, when you're in the middle of a trial, how many of you are aware of what's actually going on? I sometimes am aware a little bit, most times I'm a little bit confused. When you're struggling through something, you're not really aware of the full thing, right? But what we do see in the scripture is you're not struggling flesh and blood. Hang on a minute. If we're not struggling flesh and blood, what on earth are we struggling? So I want to take that theme of flesh and blood and I want to superimpose it onto the enemy's struggle. Let me explain to you something. Within any struggle you have on earth, there was a a heavenly struggle before you. There was a heavenly struggle before you. And that's the part that you need to know. In Isaiah 14, we see that the enemy rose up. And it says that he wanted to ascend above the throne of God. Above where God was exalted, he wanted to ascend that throne and be above that. Above the most high God. His idea, his misconception was conceived in that place where he thought, I could be bigger than God. And he thought, if I, can't be, if I can't be equal with God, if you're going to create somebody to be equal with you, and I can't be equal with you, the only way I'm going to win, the enemy said, is if I go bigger, and I'm better. And he tried to ascend the throne, and we know how the story goes. He was, you know, um, it's written that, you know, Jesus said, you know, I saw Satan falling. I saw him descending. So when we, are think, when we are seeing those scriptures, the fact that the struggle wasn't against flesh and blood, the, reali- the reality is the struggle was always against God himself. The struggle was against God himself who was the word of God in the beginning. The perfection of all perfection is God himself and his words. His words will never fall empty. He never makes empty promises. He never says something and doesn't fulfill it. He, he cannot do that. That is, he's not, lies are not capable <laughs> of coming out of his mouth. God is truth. His words are life. 
His words have no capacity to create death. Do you understand? They don't have a degenerative. They're only regenerative. It's only restorative. His words are life. So if you had to just, if you had to do a science experiment and you could take his words and put it in a test tube, it would be green, living things, moving, shaking, growing out of it, exploding in the test tube. You wouldn't be able to contain the life of God. And yet it says, his disciples said, we don't want to leave you because something inside of you is creating life inside of us. And when it comes out of your mouth, even though it sounds very weird, like we would, we would want to understand what you're saying by eating your flesh and drinking your blood. It sounds weird, but there's something alive, and we want to know what that's like. So think about it. Your flesh is only really alive as long as there is. Thank you. Here we go. It's the science, it's the science day today, yes. Hello. Good morning, children. Um, are you still awake? Are you breathing? Good, because this is going to be good for you. When you read the Bible, see God's hats change because he becomes a science teacher and then a biology teacher. And then he wants to take you through the garden. And so then he's an agriculturalist. And then he's a winemaker. And then he takes you through water and he shows you how clear and beautiful the water is. So, you know, he's, 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 he's a plumber. I don't know. He's, he's everything. He's a builder. He's like Bob. He's like, if it's broken, I'll fix it. He's everything to every, like I loved what was said this morning. He, he's everything to all men. He understands that we need to understand this on terra firma. What on earth are you talking about, Jesus? Well, as long as there is blood in flesh, it's alive. The enemy knows that. So what he will do is he is going to try and do exactly what he did to God. Since he didn't succeed in heaven, he's going to try and succeed on earth. Who's his rival? Well, yes, God, but you are his rival. I don't know if you knew that. <clears throat> you did know that, right? So you're not struggling against flesh and blood, but what are you struggling against? Principalities, powers, rulers. Don't be wowed by those words. <laughs> those words aren't, when you read them, don't go principalities, powers, rulers, because you're seated in heavenly places above all of that. So when you look down, you go, oh, these little principalities, powers, and rulers, that's right, the ones that were disarmed and only rearmed by humans. Only humans can rearm a fallen enemy. You are the rival, whether you realize it or not. Every time you create an agreement, you are empowering a principality, power, or a ruler in your life. And they're not big. They will only tower over you if you shrink down. All right? When you're walking through Africa, a lot of times to get through wild animals, especially the wild dogs, is you've got to put something higher above your head. Because they want to know you're bigger, you're taller than them. Because <laughs> the enemy are like wild dogs. They are. They're looking, seeking to whom they, they're looking for dead flesh to feed on. If there is a word alive in you, there's blood running through your flesh. Flesh of my flesh, bone of my bone. If you eat my flesh and drink my blood, what is that? The new covenant is not only a covenant to hold you in good stead when you've gone, to heaven and your happy days where the sun never sets but it's also here where the sun does set where it does get cold where you do feel lonely even though you're not you have times where you feel so desperately alone and you don't know what to do with your feelings I want you to remember this you're not fighting against your own flesh and blood even you're not fighting against your family's flesh and blood no matter how ugly they are towards you you're not fighting against your boss's flesh and blood when they accuse you falsely or somebody who walks away, and a real enemy that you have on earth. But this is a principality, power, and ruler that wants to be the same as you. So at worst, they want to just have you agree with them. Hey, pal, you're about as, you're about as whack as I am. Yeah, that's right, I'm feeling whack. I just, I'm out of it. That's right, and you're also terrified. And therefore, because you're terrified, you're, 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 you're smaller. You're not, that's right, because he's trying to make you think like he does. And then he wants to make you think that he's bigger than you. Because that's all he did with God. So why did Jesus become flesh? John 1, the word became flesh and dwelt among us as flesh and blood. So that he could struggle as flesh and blood. His struggle is your struggle is our struggle. What does that struggle look like? If you don't realize that his struggle was complete 
and he disarmed principalities, powers, and rulers, triumphing over them by the cross. What happened at the cross? Jesus' life, the lifeblood, was drained out of him. Yes? No, you're looking at me like, what happened? Okay. They speared him at the end after he gave up his spirit. All right? So his spirit leaves. It wasn't when they speared him. They had nothing to do with that. He gave up his spirit. He was in charge right to the very end. When they speared him, it says water and water and blood came out. What happened to his flesh? They put his flesh in a tomb. Good. You're doing well. Ten out of ten so far. Fantastic. Yes. So that whole Easter story, that is our continual everyday story. I don't wait for Easter to celebrate. I love chocolate, but every day is a chocolate day for me. The gospel is chocolate for us. It is our flesh and blood for us. Because that's what happened. He offered up his blood once and for all in a temple that was not made of human hands. You want to read all about that in the book of Hebrews, which is written to a people who understood exactly what it meant for a temple to be destroyed and then raised up again once Jesus left the planet, right? Because that's what many of us go, well, we don't understand. What did you do, Jesus? Why flesh and blood? Why sacrifice? Why all of this? If you don't understand what he did with his flesh and with his blood, you will not know what on earth the struggle is about on this earth. Because your struggle is definitely not with people. And your struggle isn't with an equal enemy or an enemy that's bigger than you. It's with an enemy who was ridiculed because of what Jesus Christ accomplished. What did he accomplish? Well, in one foul swoop, the Father said, potentially every single human of all time is mine. Potentially. They're all mine. You can't have any of them. You will never be my equal. Only my bride will be my equal. When he said it is finished, it's a homonym that can be used also as the word bride. That word, it is finished, Brian Simmons teaches, can be used as the same word for bride. When that came out of his side, what he was saying is that you are flesh of my flesh, bone of my bone. Don't ever think you're fighting each other. Don't ever think you are fighting on a planet. You come from another realm and you fight like I fight. You look beyond what people are saying, beyond what they do to you. Beyond all of that. And you're able to look into a realm where you have a God who is your victor and who's championing you, saying, come on, my son did it. You're in my son. You've got this. You can lick this thing. You don't have to be subjected. People go, oh, these addictions are too hard for me. I'm like, what flesh are you of? People go, oh, the flesh. You know, I'm fighting the flesh. You're not fighting the flesh. Your old flesh is dead. It's a dead snake. You can reckon yourself dead. You can say to your old stuff, you're dead to me. You should say that. You're dead to me, old addictions. You're dead to me. When people go to AA meetings and they're saying, look, this is a problem I've had. I've been an alcoholic, whatever it is they've had. They're not saying, I will forever be an alcoholic. But they're identifying with the fact that that does not have to control me anymore. What is alcohol? You can live without it, right? If you've had a problem with it. What is alcohol? Is that really your enemy? No, it isn't. It's an enemy who knows that the spirit is the most powerful spirit of all. And when people get full of the spirit, man, what can they get up to? I've heard policemen say that there is not one violent act that is done outside of being completely drunk out of people's minds. They commit all kinds of acts under that spirit. Well, I want to ask you something. What kind of acts could we get up to being completely out of our minds filled with the spirit? When people say, why do you run? Why do you do outrageous things? Just, it's like, you know, what is it? Because I'm wanting, the spirit in me is greater than my human body. And this is a limitation. I get frustrated. I'm like, Jesus, I can't wait for my heavenly avatar. I want to do stuff. I've seen, I've seen myself do stuff. I want to trapeze. I want to do stuff in the spirit. I want to move fast. And so there are dreamers here. You go places in your dreams. How many of you would like to go places in your dreams? You don't have to worry about coming back, quarantining. It's so fun. You wake up, you're in your home, you can move around, right? All the dreamers, I want you to put your hands up right now. Okay. I want you to expect more dreams right now. Don't put your hand up if you don't want your sleep to be disrupted. <laughs> Holy Spirit, get them good. Holy Spirit, get them good. 
And Lord, we just thank you that you take them on exploits while they're sleeping, that you take them to places they could never travel to in real time. But God, we thank you for missions in the Spirit in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Thank you. Amen. All right, that's done. So now, flesh and blood. Your struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, and rulers in this present age, in this present time. So Corinthians, in 2 Corinthians 10, it tells us that we have divine weapons. We have the capacity to actually demolish strongholds. So I want you to look at, just uh, don't put your finger on your tongue because it's got bacteria and all germs and, you, you, you know, it could be some stuff. But if you had to do that, you'd be touching the organ, which is your tongue. You'd be touching the organ that is the most powerful organ in your human body. It is the voice, it is the amplifier of things that go on in your mind. All right? And you only really know what's going on in your mind when somebody presses you, irritates you, and then you know what's going on. So please thank the people that irritate you because you actually find out where you're really at. It's true. It's true. It's necessary that you get irritated so that you can see where you're at and address that space inside of you that isn't in agreement with what God is saying. It says this divine, these divine weapons can demolish strongholds and pretensions, which is what? Which is everything that principalities, powers, and rulers create. So your struggle is not an earthly struggle. It's a struggle in a dimension and a place that the enemy has come to that's called the airwaves. It's where your imagination goes, where you think about stuff and you think, oh, I'm going to work. Oh, it's a lot of work. I don't know if I'll get it all done in a day. And then you start laboring under thoughts of I'm not going to get my work finished. I'm so slow. My parents used to tell me I'm slow. My teacher told me I'm slow. Therefore, I am slow. So you start thinking like that, right? By the end of that month, you're starting to feel slower. So you sluggish. So you have three more coffees. So then your adrenaline goes up and your cortisol goes, ah, and then your adrenals go, ah. And you're thinking, I'm not only slow, I'm frazzled. That's right, you're frazzled. You see how it started, though? You made some agreements. You think, that couldn't possibly be. My school teacher's nothing to me. Oh, well, that's weird because you just agreed the fact that you're slow. I know it sounds so random, but psychologists will take so much of your money to tell you what the Word of God can tell you in 15 minutes. But by all means, go to the psychologists and talk through with them because you need to be self-aware. But this struggle is real. You take those thoughts captive and you say, you're going to be obedient to Christ because Christ says of me that he's my hope of glory. And if I've got a hope of glory, that's great because it means that glory has got a lot of weight first, not just weight, but weight. <laughs> it holds me in good stead. And glory has a capacity to transform me because it says that we are being transformed with ever-increasing glory, not ever-increasing lies and pretensions, but ever-increasing glory. So you've got a weapon it says that there's a weapon that comes out of Jesus' mouth as he's riding forth in truth, humility, and justice. It's a two-edged sword. Hebrews 4 speaks about the Word of God being what? Alive and active. Your words are alive and active, Jesus. Your words are life to us, Jesus. We don't want to mess with anything else. We want to have your flesh and blood so that we can live in a world where we're going to take out that sword and speak life. Speak life to your body as you get up and say, oh, body, in Jesus' name. About two and a half, almost three years ago, I have stress, stress fractures in my spine. I did a wonderful leap. I fell on the ground. Unfortunately, that's what happened. And so it cricks and cracks and does awful things. I had to learn to walk up the stairs. Finney would watch me shaking, my body sweating as I went into rehab to walk again. And I said, I want to do handstands. I want to do cartwheels. I want to do the things I used to do before. The physio said, absolutely, we're on your side. But every day that I wake up in pain or woke up in pain, I would have to address my body and speak to it and say, you are subject to the living God. And the word of God that says, by his stripes you're healed. His tearing flesh is prophesying over your body. Flesh and blood. I'm not struggling against this flesh and blood. I have a greater flesh and blood that fought for me, that dwells in this mortal body with the spirit moving wildly, which is why I have to run. Because something in me says no to restrictions, says no to confinement and intimidation. You keep quiet. You, shh, you talk too much. You're too loud. And you go, no, I will not keep silent. I will open my mouth and I will bless. I will open my mouth and I will bless. You know, sometimes people look at people who look bold and they go, oh, but they're always like that. 
No, I'm not. No, I wasn't. And without him, I am not bold. But the things that I see in Scripture make me so excited that I know they work in my life. If they work in my life, they work in your life. And if you take that tongue and you announce good news, you begin to agree with the greatest power in the whole universe. When you've got him on side and you come into entrainment with what he says over you, it isn't just the word of God. It's the word of God, the life of God, the spirit of God, the flesh of God, the blood of God, announcing good news through your life. It's no wonder that our shadows should heal the sick because everything is so saturated that it has to cause a dominion effect. That is what happens. So no, I'm not just fighting flesh and blood and going, okay, okay, horrible thoughts. I'll try and just think good thoughts today. and I'll just stay home. I won't go anywhere. No, 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 no. I step outside and I go, oh, you messed with me? You're going to wish, wish you never messed with me. You're going to wish you never intimidated me. You're going to wish you, 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 because you know what I'll do? I won't just go after me. I'll go after every single person who's ever had that thought like I did. I'll go after every single person who's ever been intimidated, and I'll rip those things off them. And the enemy has to flee. It says that the gates of Hades shake because these, your, what happens? Why? Because what's been revealed to us is not by flesh and blood, but by our Father in heaven. Do a quick research and look up what flesh and blood stands for because it is a powerful study. All of you could do a study on just that and you could change the world that you live in just with that. So our struggle, our struggle, isn't it glorious that it's not just us on earth, but it's in the heavenly realms with the living Father, the glorified Son and Holy Spirit himself. So Father, we thank you. Thank you for your truth. Thank you for revelation. Thank you for the manifestation of your word in the sons of God seated here in Jesus' name. Yeah, and I'm happy to hand over unless you want to do something else, Chad. Oh, Finney. Are you happy, Chad? Whatever you guys want to do. Yes, I just wanted to pray for a few people this morning as we close. And um, whenever we get together, we try and give as much opportunity for God to do things that only he can do. Because then... The things that he does, he has to get the glory for because, you know, we, we prayed for that lady last night who testified this morning. She had a, how are you doing? Good? So, best sleep she had in years. Come on. That, you know, and that, we didn't do that. We were the delivery boy that delivered the, the healing because, you know, we can't heal. Jesus heals. But we have to deliver the healing. You've got to actually rock up. You've got to express it. You've got to, ex, you know, say can I pray for you? you? You can't always guarantee the results, but you can be humble enough to say, can I pray for you? The worst that can happen, I tell people, you won't get worse. You know, is that you might not get healed, you might, but, but you might get better. And uh, a couple of years ago, I was at a, at a cafe, and, and the man who owns the cafe, Sam, was, was bent like this, and he had been like that for five months. I'd been uh, drinking coffee at another cafe. I got there. I'm like, Sam, what's going on? He's like, I've had for five months, I've got a pinched nerve. I've got a bulging disc in my spine. And I've spent thousands of dollars going to chiropractors and physiotherapists and acupuncture. And I haven't got better. And I'm thinking of an op. And while he's talking to me, he's, he's, he's visibly in pain. I said, I can fix that. And I gave him some testimonies of different places I've been and prayed for. And I said, have a seat. And I'll pray for you. He said, what, now? I said, yeah, now, now. Sat him down, took a minute. His leg grew. He stood up perfectly straight. I checked up on him that afternoon. He's fine. He's been fine ever since. And I've had free coffee since that <laughs> happened. You know, he hasn't got saved yet. He, he doesn't come to church. He's quite angry with the church, actually. He had a bad experience with a cultic, cultish-like church. But, you know, we're there in having church in the cafe with him. And he goes around telling other customers, this guy prayed for me, got a hotline to heaven, and I got healed. Now I've got to work. You know, he rolls his eyes. Now I've got to work. <laughs> I'm like, shut up. <laughs> so silly. So, Bayside. All right, so a couple of things that I felt. There might be a 34-year-old woman who had an accident. Might have been a car accident or some trauma 
that you need healing for. A 54-year-old man who's been struggling with depression for some time, Jillian, uh, if there's a Jillian in, in here or watching online, I felt the Lord say, it's not over yet. That breakthrough who is a person, breakthrough is an angel, he's here this morning. And that's anyone who's needing a breakthrough. Breakthrough is a person. Izzy spoke about him last night, how the angel breakthrough appeared to her in her room. And he's been a few times to our church, and it's just ridiculous. So good. Someone who's been struggling with bouts of anger, and God wants to heal the source of that, the source of what's making you angry. could be something in your history. In fact, it's definitely something in your history. Someone struggling with relentless negativity is that you seem to have a default to find fault. And you, it manifests in finding fault in others, but actually the problem is you find fault in yourself. And because you don't love yourself, you can't love your neighbor or your family or your colleagues. And someone who's been assigned with a spirit of fear, maybe even suicide, that God wants to heal this morning. So if any of those apply to you, and then some more, just stand. Just stand where you are. I'm not going to pray for you personally, but I want to get the body to pray for you. So if any of those categories uh, touch, touched you in some way, you thought, that's me. Or if you want to stand for someone who's not here this morning that's struggling with that, because you're going to take what you get this morning and go to their house if they're not here this morning and just deliver that ministry of breakthrough to them. So if any of those categories uh, or incidents apply to you, just stand where you are. We're going to pray for you now. We'd also love to anoint with oil. So if we want to come, if, you, if there's anyone that wants to just lift your hands up and you're saying, well, I don't really want to maybe come up or, um, and you would like us to anoint with oil, we would love to anoint you with oil. I believe there's impartation. I believe that, you know, when it says that we come to give you a gift or a blessing that you need, it comes with impartation, impartation of faith and impartation of courage as well. I did feel something that I don't need you to raise your hands for, but um, something that happened when you were three. I believe it could be sexual of nature. Somebody was exploring. It's made you feel really awful about yourself, and it makes you lose confidence. It makes you, when you feel like you want to talk to people, that you feel like they can see that about you, and it's, you feel ashamed. So um, if you want to come to me afterwards, I'd love to pray with you. I'd love to pray for you. I understand what that feels like, looks like, so I would love to stand with you. Also, those of you that have had uh, traumatic accidents, you know, as you can see, Finn has just had plastic surgery to his finger to reconstruct an accident in the kitchen, which wasn't me. <laughs> it was a chopping of uh, onions. It was meant to be onions, but it, uh, his finger got in the way. And yes, I'm so glad he discovered it before he fried. Sorry. Um, so it got reattached and reconstructed. But if you've had a, an, a traumatic accident or you've seen an accident happen, and that is placed you in a place of trauma so that you've realized, oh my goodness, this is, I relive it every time I go through something. I would love to pray with you as well. Accident of any kind. I also saw somebody with a significant, i uh, sorry, I, I don't mean to take your clothes off, but it just, it was a significant birthmark on your shoulder. I feel like God wants to touch your life today. So if you have a birthmark on the back of your shoulder, that could be you. I'd love to pray with you. Thanks. Good. Let me just pray for this, just only one head, head stood. So let me just pray for you quickly. And then I, I know the kids have been out for a long time, so I'm aware, being a father of... Just come into the aisle, thank you. What's your name? Emma. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. This is your day. This is your day. This is your day, Emma. This is your day. Whoa. We had to come all the way from Sydney just for you. Then Jesus, he's seen your condition. He's seen your pain. He's seen your trauma. He's seen the, the years, the, the prayers and nothing is wasted none, none of that none of those offerings and that sacrifice is wasted but right now today breakthroughs here breakthrough the person breakthrough the spirit the angel of breakthrough is here we just release that to you now we just release him to you now release him to you and your household you and your household because you're going to influence like the breaking open of a perfume, you're going to influence others. As you healed, others will be touched. Shamor as a sign, as a sign, as a sign. And you've laid down your life. You've laid down your life. You've counted all things lost. You've counted all things lost. And he said, Lord, but why not? Why, why isn't the breakthrough coming? But the Lord says now, today, 
today is the day of salvation. Today is the day of healing. Today is the day of deliverance. Today. So we speak deliverance to your body, to your soul, to your emotions, to the trauma. Today. Let's just lift up our voices and just see her completely broke through. Broke, broke, broken through the barrier. Every barrier. Come down. Every barrier. Every awkwardness. All shame lifted off you today in Jesus' name. Every accusation, I see accusation being lifted off you. And if you, if, if as I'm seeing, saying these words, if you, where you're sitting in your seat, if you think, well, I'd like some of that too, you get it as well. There's enough to go around for this whole church this morning. So we thank you for the spirit of breakthrough, the spirit of awakening, the spirit of life. The spirit of life instead of death. The spirit of joy instead of mourning. The spirit of glory and dancing instead of, instead of uh, uh, sadness in Jesus' name. Shenda yakata kasototora peshendi. Shemaha sitekia. Shamahosa tia aka. Sererebe sande tia kasebaturo. Sakrebaturo. 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 That's it. That's it. The fire of God. That's it, the fire of God, right through your body, 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 right through your body. Yamonde ndehate, kiamando teheke take, seriamando hateke tiake, serabayarara samantabahashe sekiki hande. Jesus, 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 Jesus. He sees, he hears, he listens. He sees, he hears, he listens. He sees, he hears, and he listens. And then the fire comes, and then the fire falls. The Bible says, the old is gone, and the new has come. And I say to you, the old has gone, and the new has come. Old has gone, and the new has come. Old has gone. And the new has come. Swing wide, you heavenly gates. The King of glory may come in. Who is this King of glory? The Lord, strong and mighty. He's the Lord, strong and mighty. And He's riding in behalf of truth, humility, justice. Justice. Ought not this daughter of Abraham be healed on this day? Ought not this daughter of Abraham be healed on this day? It's justice. It's justice. It's justice. It's justice. He's just and he's good. 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 Thank you, Father. 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 And there's an overflow touching people as well. There's a resonance, you know, when, when that woman who went into kind of disrupt the, the meal that Jesus was having at Simon's house and she was weeping and wetting Jesus' feet with her tears and the perfume filled the room. That was an opportunity for everybody in the room to receive the overflow of that encounter. And right now there's an encounter happening with a family where God's bringing things back. He's restoring years that locusts have eaten. And, and that might have, if that resonates with your life, then say, Lord, me too. Me too. There's stuff I've lost. The stuff being stolen that I want to get back. Time has been stolen. Relationships have been stolen. And we're getting it all back. We're getting it back. Thank you, Lord. So if that's you, just take it. Just put your hand in your heart. Say, Lord, I take that too, for me too. I take it from my household. Take it for my business. I take it for my family. Just take it. Take it. Take it in the Spirit. Take it in the Spirit. Take it in the Spirit. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. It's the goodness of God. The perfect goodness of God. It says when Moses said, let your glory pass before me. He says, I'll cause all my goodness to pass in front of you. And you are experiencing the manifestation 
what good of good what goodness feels like goodness and the psalm 23 says goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life today's message. Remember to check us out at baysidechurch.org.au and of course if you're ever in the area please pop in and say good day.